Love Talk Radio. The Marketing Technology Blog Radio Show with Douglas Carr, founder of the Marketing Technology Blog and author of Corporate Blogging for Dummies, online marketing strategies, web, search, social, email, mobile, news, tips, tricks, and best practices from actual marketers, search professionals, and social media experts. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. We are uh, down at the offices of DK New Media, and unfortunately, we can't get a hold of Brian Goffman. So we're going to have to talk marketing automation on our own. So Let's talk marketing automation on our own. <laughs> well, after Jason makes his coffee, we will. <laughs> Today's show is sponsored by Tatham. <laughs> yeah. Um, boy, I hope he joins us. Um, let, let's let's do talk about it. Um, marketing. Oops. Say it. Chat room. Oh, start the chat room. Okay, I'll start the chat room. We've looked. I mean, you and I, Doug, have looked at some some of these platforms in the past. I mean, the big enterprise ones, Marketo, and uh, what's the other one? The big enterprise one that's super popular. Well, there's Marketo, there's uh, a Primo who's here in town, there's yeah. Eloqua, and then on the uh, SMB market side, there's Optify, there's uh, Acton. Uh, Where does HubSpot fit? HubSpot kind of uh, has been on the smaller, but it's growing, and then there's Right On Interactive, which is right here in town as well. And Right On Interactive is right in the sweet spot, I think, right between enterprise. Well, they have a lot of enterprise customers, but enterprise to mid market. Um, so lots of different uh, movement in that market and a, a lot of shaking up in that market that's happening right now. So uh, if we were to characterize, you know, once we get a hold of Brian here, Optify is really a more of a value play in that marketplace, right? I think, well, I think what, what Optify has done is is uh, position themselves well in that market. You know, I think every market when something happens from a technology standpoint, especially with marketing, it's it's huge, uh, huge dollars, huge. Um, these these companies invest millions of dollars into their platform, so they come out of the gate and they charge six figures and everything else to get licensing for. These, and then, these software companies. Yeah, these software companies. And then what happens over time is the technology actually gets easier and easier to develop and implement. And I think you know um, a lot of the the value players, and I don't like the the term value player, but a lot of these guys that are kind of coming into the market now are scooping up because they didn't um, the, the technology was there, but they didn't have to invest billions, you know, to kick a platform off the ground. So rapid development, agile development, um, open source platforms, all have hit, enabled these guys to kind of come up from nowhere and offer really reasonable price solutions. Um, that that are very very robust, um, you know, and and as a as a point with it, um, hey hey Jen, we go ahead and try to log into the. I can't get it up from here. Just open in the chat room, guys. Sorry, um, but in that in that sense, what what we've seen is uh, Gleamster, for example, put out a report um, just two weeks ago um, announcing the top players in the marketing automation field. And surprisingly, the Marketos and Eloquas and Exact Targets ranked mid, and the Acton and Right On Interactive ranked very high. Um, and they, they ranked high for um, ease of implementation, ease of use, features, and functionality. And so I think, I think what's happened is, you know, I hate to say it, but the big guys invested all that money and all those years of development and basically fine-tuned the process. And then these, these other guys came in and took the fine-tuned process and built, you know, and built their own wrapper around it that made it very, very uh, efficient to use. And so they know now, you know, and they first started, you know, let's say like in a Primo, um, you know, a Primo had, uh, has one heck of a, uh, of a platform from front to back, um, but it was enterprise, it was client server, so you actually install it. Now they have their online version, which is booming like crazy, um, but it had you know eight gazillion bells and whistles. Well, 
what marketers eventually got to was, you know what, we take the same path. So let's say like a, an Acton um, who one of our clients is implementing right now, um, it goes from demo to, um, you know, to, to scoring of, of prospects um, to CRM. So very simple process that if you have a company that basically your sales process is set up that you do a web demonstration, get people to sign up for that with GoToWebinar, and then um, you know you have landing pages on your website where they register for that and everything, and that lead is then put into your lead system for your sales guys to call and everything. They've got kind of a, a punch press, you know, punched system to do just that. And then Optify has um, has an incredibly robust um, landing page solution where um, you know, a lot of these guys, um, well, I mean, I'll just talk about it. So Optify has basically a, a, a landing page solution that you don't have to be a developer to use it. You don't even have to know HTML to use it. You can, it's literally their templates, their layout, and you just fill in the details. So you put an image or a video or, you know, whatever you need. You put, you have your form elements that you've already built with their platform. You write your content. It scores your content for search engine optimization, so it actually tells you like, hey, if you could use this keyword in your title, it would you know improve your uh, search optimization, and and then you can sit there and punch out 800 of those landing pages if you want, you know, and and their limitations are um, extremely extremely open as far as how much you can generate because a lot of these a lot of these systems charge by usage number of users, number of whatever. Right. Um, Acton's that way, isn't it? I think so. I think so, yeah. And, and and Optify's system is pretty much, you sign up for, you know, the enterprise account and, you know, go crazy on building landing pages. So what what's, taking a step back, what's the shopping list for an integrated marketing platform? We've talked about landing pages, we've talked about lead scoring. Oh, hey, we're connected, we're fine. Yay! Well, let's, well, you yeah. know what? That's a good question for Brian. It is. So let me let me connect everybody. Hold tight, and we'll we'll get Brian on the phone. We're still here, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah, we're still here. What if I don't want to hold tight? Clinch. Uh, it's clinch. <laughs> nice. We just went from rated G to PG. Um, Looks like we're about to get connected here. You got that string tied to the other can, Doug. Tight, tight yeah, knot. I'm getting the soap on it now. <laughs> So landing pages is one, right? I mean, that's that seems to be a key component. Uh, this is that awkward silence we always talk about, right? Yeah, except it's not so silent with our next-door neighbors. <laughs> well, Hamid, nice to see you. Nice to Glad see you, you as well. Yeah, why don't we do yeah. introductions around the room? That'll fill up the room, absolutely. That. So, yeah, as uh, Doug said, it's Mohammed. I'm here. Um haven't been on time in quite a few weeks, so I'm kind of excited to be in the room when we get started. <laughs> Jeanette? Hi, everybody. Brian, are you there? Oh. Go right ahead. My name is Nanette Winter, and I met Doug and Jen last week at a social media SmackDown event, and oh. they invited me to the radio show, so I'm here for the first time. Welcome. Chase Bean, being positive communication and design and Deep Purples. Second time live in the audience. Long time listener. Long time listener. Sometimes friend. Jen Wazak, artificial damage control. <laughs> um, yeah. Specialist. Yes. I'm Doug Thies with Lifeline Data Centers. I'm a VP of Sales and uh, an amateur marketer. We're a client of DKD Media. Harry Howe. I have my own consulting practice, Howe Leadership, and. Uh, I help busy entrepreneurs like Doug who become victims of their own success. Well put. Hey, are you there, Brian? I don't get to say my name. 
Adam Small with uh, Connected Mobile, mobile marketing company. Brian, are you there? No. Well, we're still waiting. We're still uh, trying to get a hold of Brian here via Skype, via Blog Talk Radio. Hey, do we have Brian on the line? No, that's not Brian on the line, I guess. This is what I love about doing it live. <laughs> yeah, you never know what to so, so, Doug Thies, um, you know, when should a, a growing company consider this kind of platform we've been discussing? You know, at what, at what stage of growth, what, you know, what are some of the signals that it's time to start shopping? Well, I can, only, I can speak from Lifeline's perspective. I think we took a good look at Acton a few months ago because we finally came to the uh, realization that Everything was telling us that inbound marketing was where all our activity was coming from. People were searching us on the web and and uh, really studying up on us before they ever gave us a phone call. So, uh, you know, that's, I, I mean, I don't think, I don't know that you can as assign a size to it. I'd say if you're, if you're super web dependent. Then yeah, I think, I think a couple things. If, if you, if your demand starts to outpace you know your team internally you know where you're just you're just literally calling leads all day and you're not able to nurture them or bring them in and then the other one is that if you need to pre-qualify leads a lot so you know as you know DK New Media is probably a good example of that where when we get you know we get a lot of people that call us and say hey I want a website you know well that's not what we do right so um, so a lot of these systems are built up basically you know, the fact is, is that if you can design a landing page that then brings you and schedules an email that sends out to you, asks you a couple more questions about who you are so that you can pre-qualify it, watches your activity online. Oh, maybe this is like Brian's dialing in. Brian, are you on? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Hey, awesome. fantastic. Success. <laughs> You know, it's too, we were just joking that it was two, it's 2012 and we still can't get technology to work like it should, huh? Well, you know, uh, phones, especially with mobile phones, they do just about everything, but making a phone call is still a challenge. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> that's, that's we're, you, I was just joking with the guy the other day. I don't ever remember having a problem with my rotary phone. You know, you got, you, know, you just got mad at people with zeros in their number. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, just uh, one one anecdote on that. I I have a, a fifth grader daughter, and went with her on a field trip to a science museum, and they brought out a phone, a rotary dial phone, and showed it to the kids, and they asked the kids to figure out how to make a phone call, and not one of them could do it. They had no idea. Wow. They can, they can send a they can send a text message on their iPhone, yeah, but they don't they can't dial a rotary phone. Yeah. Mom, you haven't updated your Facebook profile to the timeline yet? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, Brian. It's great to have you. Thank you. Thank and, you. And uh, uh, typically when we start out the show, we'll jump into, you know, we started to discuss some of the some of the questions that businesses have when it comes to marketing automation. But what we like to do is basically kind of start out and ask you, you know, from a, a founding standpoint, um, you know, how did Optify come to be a company, and you know what what was the onus for you to start it, and and how are you helping clients now? Sure. Well, so um, uh, you know, I've been involved in online marketing in some capacity since uh, dating myself the mid '90s, after I went to graduate school and business school, and so I got a front row seat to the beginning of the internet and worked at one great startup that succeeded phenomenally and then another startup that unfortunately failed. Um, but there was a consistent theme in everything that I've done since, including as a, a venture capitalist, which was that um, for marketers, more and more uh, challenges come their way every day and their staffs don't necessarily get larger. Um, and that it has only gotten more difficult. It's also, as more people have gotten involved in online marketing, become more competitive and the playing is, is really changed so that if you're using only manual processes and spreadsheets and consultants, you just can't keep up. So in 2008, I was working at a venture capital firm uh, called Madrona Venture Group, and I was working with a number of their portfolio companies 
primarily in the online uh, marketing and advertising space. And uh, Erez Barak, who's my, now my co-founder, and I realized that what, we, what those companies we were working with needed was a suite of applications that would let them do everything from uh, you know, SEO to social media marketing and email and analytics, but oriented around the idea that great content is the best way to generate customers and that the buying process in marketing has fundamentally changed and that if you don't adapt and you don't have software that helps do these tasks, you're just going to fall behind if your competitors are doing it. So, so we, uh, we set out to do that, and we've been working on it really in the about three years since. Um, we've got now uh, uh, a you know, pretty good-sized team. We've raised two rounds of venture capital and uh, you know, we're con- you know, probably continue to do that given the way that the market is rewarding growth. And we have um, uh, a, a great customer base ranging from big companies like Microsoft and um, product brands like Office and Windows uh, down to relatively small growth companies and startups with maybe with um, five to ten people. And they all have, you know, you'd be surprised. That, I mean, what's amazed me is that the needs of a, of a product group and a marketing team within a big company are actually very similar to what a startup looks like. And they're all overwhelmed and under-resourced and need to justify their existence. And that's fundamentally what our, what our product helps them address, is that pain of just being more effective and, getting, and generating traffic and leads in the way they want to do it. That's fantastic. And, and we talked a little bit about, um, you know, we talked about that there were, you know, this used to be a field of really big monster players out there that, you know, with, um, you know, with very, very sophisticated and expensive solutions. When you said marketing automation, let's say five years ago, um, you were talking about something that maybe the Fortune 500 and, and key brands um, were utilizing. They were, you know, client server installed systems that, that just did you know everything under the sun, and and what we've really seen kind of crop up is the, you know, and Optify is, is especially from the content standpoint, um, you know, you're kind of just ahead of the curve as far as where Google's changed its algorithms, and you know, obviously that the content you know is what matters, the social media and search you know integration that you guys have, um, you know, you, you're you're riding that the tip of that wave right now. And you're a solution that, that, you know, if you've got a team of five people, you know, uh, it might come in really handy for you to pre-qualify and automate, you know, your lead generation online. Well, I think there are a number of themes you mentioned, and, and I appreciate that, uh, picking those themes up, because, you know, one, one theme you mentioned is that just the sophisticated capabilities of 10 years ago or even five years ago are now available to potentially to everyone. Yep. Um, and uh, you're right, marketing automation. I mean, we've talked to companies that bought one of those vendors 10 years ago and still hasn't implemented it, really. Uh, it's incredible how complicated some of these solutions were, and they, they kind of overbuilt one of our, uh, I'd say, frenemies um, in, the, in the market has an expression of death by marketing automation. It's, it's really one scenario, which is, I have all these dead leads and email contacts, and I want to wake them up, and I'm just going to email them to death. <laughs> that's not our that's not our approach, right. uh, but that is kind of what a lot of those vendors were doing, and they really are at their core more sophisticated, but fundamentally um, email vendors. And so what we did was we started more at the you know taking an approach of the top of the funnel, or in the buyer's journey um, language that we're going to talk about. You know, kind of in the solution, uh, the the, um, the the phase of buying where you're searching for a solution, and our assumption was that a lot of the decisions are made by buyers before they ever talk to you. They're not in your lead database, so you have to establish credibility. And the world has changed. So if you're not confirm, if you're not not in the con- conversation when people are doing searches and when they're asking their colleagues and friends about what solution they're looking for you're really not in the consideration set. And you don't know it because you never talk to them. You don't see them. Um, so, so you you know, if all you're doing is emailing your leads over and over to wake them up and um, beat them to death with another uh, you know, another offer, it's, it's not really capturing the majority of people who might be buyers for you. Um, 
so that's so, so I think those are two themes that you know one is the just the ability of smaller companies to get sophisticated technologies and capabilities because of the computing power now available, the hosting solutions that are available, um, all of that, and 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 also the um, uh, you know the need to get ahead of the curve when it comes to the buying process. Well, and that, and, and you hit on a couple things. Doug had asked, uh, or, or actually, um, uh, Harry asked. You know, when when he when we started, he asked. You know, at what point does a company, you know, look at a solution like this? And we've seen, you know, and I want to get your feedback on that. We've seen a couple different scenarios. One is when people are getting, you know, a, a, a ton of leads and, and it's just they're mismanaging them. And the other is when they're they're getting a ton of bad leads and they're not pre-qualifying them, you know, they need a system basically to kind of help them sort out both, you know, that, that they can pre-qualify uh, and ensure that the strongest leads come to the top and are scored appropriately. And then the other one is that they can handle, you know, the onslaught of leads and, and really measure them out, you know, to um, to bring the right ones in uh, and educate the educate the lead itself on the solution before you have to waste a salesperson's time, you know, to connect with them. What other, what others, is that, does that cover it or are there other, you know, scenarios that you see where where it just makes total sense. Well, it goes. So the uh, the framework we are using increasingly is this concept of the buyer's journey, and that I'll give credit to uh, Christine Crandall, who's a Forbes blogger, and um, she's now uh, you know working with us. Actually, we're doing two webinars. We're doing our second one with her, and um, you know you can insert the lead issue that you mentioned into that buyer's journey. The, it usually goes through phases. Companies start off, nobody knows who they are, um, they don't have any traffic, they don't have any leads, you know, they call their friends and family, and they start to build a database. But their number one concern is, how do I generate more traffic, how do I generate visibility, and the right kind of visibility. Um, at some point, depending, if they don't get into or buy a marketing uh, software solution at some point, they are in the opposite situation. Now they have too many leads coming in. You know, we work with one B2C company that's ad supported and they have a link on their site advertised with us. So people, so they get literally hundreds of leads a day from around the world that are probably not qualified to advertise on their site. And their primary problem is, well, how do we deal with this onslaught of leads? And the first solution most people come up with is, well, let's hire someone and they'll manually support bad and send the good ones to sales and the bad ones dump on the floor. But it, it depends on where you are and what choices you make along the way, but it starts off with I don't have enough traffic and leads, then it becomes I have too many, and then you go back to I don't have enough, and um, it goes, it just is a real cycle that, that builds over time as you get larger and larger. The, uh, the thing that we're really addressing that goes beyond what the typical marketing automation solution is doing around scoring your leads and making them more valuable because we do that. You know, we're, we have um, uh, lead scoring in our suite. We also have an email nurturing partnership with Exact Target, and we're launching some features that are going to enhance that. What we really do that other vendors don't do is address the, what people now call the top of the funnel. I've even seen it called tofu, um, <laughs> which is the you know, the solution search where you're trying to, um, where somebody's not even sure what their problem is. They're finding the problem as a start, and they're searching for how do others view this problem. Then they're starting to say, okay, now I understand what the problem is. I've defined it. I've, you know, talked to others in my organization about it. And now I need to find who addresses this problem. So so that's why we focus on, on SEO because you know, Google is fully aligned with having the uh, of information find you if you are the problem solver. What a lot of companies do wrong, especially early stage companies, is they just describe themselves in a way that users aren't looking for. Their customers are looking for something specific. And if you come up with a new term, it may work for the venture capitalist you're investing in to call it a new category. Nobody's looking for that category. So what we do with a lot of B2B marketers is just fundamentally reframe their marketing language so that it aligns to what actual uh, potential buyers are looking for. And just doing that starts to get them aligned with Google and, and um, 
talking in a conversation that users actually find interesting. Um, this, you know, the same thing is true for social media. People are looking for uh, others to answer their questions or they're talking about an issue on a Facebook or a um, or searching for it in Twitter uh, in a way that uh, you know most marketers, especially B2B marketers, don't don't take very seriously. But as far as our our results within Optify and also on behalf of our clients, we found that Twitter is an amazing source of leads if you if you actually focus on it and. Um, and we we can you know we're going to provide some of that data in a case study uh, coming up this year. But I'm amazed that you know two years ago I understood why B marketers would dismiss social media. I I don't understand today why somebody would think that not having themselves uh, uh, organized with a social media strategy for lead generation makes sense, given where their customers are, are spending their time. It is it is so I guess that's where that's where it's a little different from what you just described in terms of. Just qualifying and nurturing leads. I think we do. We're we're more of a top of the funnel player. So so I mean it's it's exactly what we, uh, I, I mean yeah you're you're absolutely right. So finding people where they are and when they're ready to buy, that's where you need to be, and that's right. and that's where plat- platforms like Optify can enable that that opportunity. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, Doug, how did you how do you want to handle this? I know we were going to cover a number of topics. I thought we could talk about the predictions, um, or do you, would you like to? We can, you know, whatever agenda you want to follow is fine with me. Um, but we've gotten we can talk about that or, and the journey, and and certainly more about Optify. I can talk about Optify for as many hours as you'd like. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, we we definitely were interested from a marketing automation standpoint today. And, and just educating, you know, our listeners. I think our listeners are a mixture of, you know, we've got advanced marketers out there, but we've got a lot of basic, you know, um, you know, small business marketers out there too that honestly just didn't even know that these solutions existed that, you know, literally you could spend under $1,000 a month, you know, and, and ramp up, you know, uh, an eloquent solution, you know, to help you with search and social and everything else. So, so the you know, definitely the first wave of this conversation was, you know, getting a feel for Optify and then and then um, having our users understand what marketing automation is and who the players are. And and by the way, congratulations okay. to you guys. You got you got a great mention and um, uh, in uh, was it in Gleanster the the marketing automation report? Or I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, oh, Glee, oh, Gleanster's yeah. I, Hey, yeah, that's great to hear. I didn't know that came out, but I, they did contact us and we followed up. Well, and the the great thing about that, and I was telling everybody here that, um, you know, that it was a really interesting result from that, and that's that um, the new marketing automation players on the market, uh, according to Gleanster, beat out most of the old, you know, kind of, um, you know, large companies and corporations in that space. You know, from ease of use, from features and functionality, from implementation, as you had spoken about. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, it, it really should be an eye opener to the industry that, you know, where five years ago everybody had to shop for an email service provider, and we finally got people over that hump of, you know, oh, I can't run all my newsletters out of Outlook. To now, hey, we're at the next level from a marketing automation standpoint. You know, it's time to adopt one of these solutions because the return is fantastic on it. You can't you can't hire enough interns to do the work that you know a system like yours is going to achieve. Well, there's uh, you know the, the it's well known that email open rates and what I call um, passive uh, unsubscribe rates are are going up dramatically. So just to focus on the email segment for a minute, you know, you're right. Every Five years ago and and before, everybody bought some form of blast email newsletter function. And what you know, it does amaze me still how many sophisticated companies, even if they say they do nurturing, their primary function is sending a monthly newsletter or you know quarterly newsletter or promotion of their blog. Um, but it really has no brains behind it, other than what the marketer thinks uh, is going to work. And uh, and and it does work. It does wake up leads and people do click on links, but 
the sophistication of a system like ours that allows you to actually build progressive files of your users over time and to target your content more effectively is, is dramatically higher you know, and more effective than just sending the same thing to everybody. And it really doesn't require, as you said, a big budget. So let me just explain a little more about how our, our, our suite works. Um, so we've got um, really four different editions of our product. We, have, uh, we do have a free edition, um, and the free edition is, is limited, but it actually does do a lot of things that used to cost you quite a bit of money. And, uh, and we do that because we, we believe that once you get using the, the free edition, you're going to see the value and, and, uh, and expand your needs, and you'll move eventually to one of our paid editions. Um, and then we have three uh, editions for small, medium, and large corporations. And the basic edition is um, a very powerful set of applications, but it's targeted at a smaller business that has probably a small sales team, doesn't need integration with the CRM system, but does want to track how their keywords are performing, uh, mostly in one country. Uh, you know, they have some basic reporting needs, and they want to run some simple campaigns, either in social media or with email, and um, and and that's going to do quite a bit for a smaller business. Um, when we with our professional edition, we offer a lot more integration with third parties. So, for example, Salesforce.com is a key partner for ours, and 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 we have an app on App Exchange. So, if you have a sales team that you want to deploy Optify to, so you want to know which of your leads are visiting uh, your site and what they're doing, and you want to track their social media behavior, and put that into Salesforce.com, where your sales team lives key differentiator for professional edition, plus more volume at every level. And then when we work with larger companies that are global, uh, we typically roll out in, uh, you know, different Optify instances around the world. And there we get, you get features that are really designed for the enterprise, so much more advanced reporting, um, tracking of, uh, we now track 40 search engines around the world, and we can actually track keywords within those countries. Uh, we've got much more advanced functionality around email campaigns. So it really kind of scales up to a, a global deployment. Now, like I said, we typically start with a smaller product group. So we've got examples where we started with one product team in the United States, and then we've rolled out eventually around the world to much larger product teams. But, you know, I worked at Microsoft before, before I joined this venture capital firm and, and founded Optify. And one of the things I learned is that in the software as a service or SaaS business, it's sometimes, especially in an emerging category, very tough to sell top-down. You're much more likely to, to get a user who's passionate about your product. If they can put it on a credit card, fantastic. Yeah. And you'll get that yeah. traction long before you're going to get the CIO to even meet with you. So, you know, by the time the CIO finds out about it, ideally you're already working with maybe hundreds of, of users in their organization and it becomes a, a, a no-brainer for them to buy it enterprise-wide. Yeah. So that kind of gives you a flavor. You know, we I, the majority of our trials are are more SMB, and um, about half of them actually are non-US. So so all that adds up to a, a broad potential user base. Uh, that's, and, uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, congratulations on all the success. That's that's incredible. Thanks very much. And we're going to take a short break for a, uh, a sponsor. It's just a, a little 45-second uh, ad. And then when we get back, let's talk a little bit more about B2B uh, content marketing. Sounds great. Delivera has been providing email software and professional services for more than 13 years. Delivera helps businesses and organizations execute effective email marketing campaigns by providing dynamic software and professional services from full-out consulting engagements to help when you need it in areas such as design, production, deliverability, and testing. Voted one of the 2011 best places to work in Indiana and one of Inc. 5000's fastest-growing companies. Delibera partners with businesses and organizations across all industries and verticals and truly opens its doors each and every day to put the customer first. To learn more about Delivera, visit www.delivera.com or call 866-915-9465. 
tell them you heard about Delivera from the Marketing Technology Blog. For those for those of you that are on every week, that's a new ad for us from uh, Mr. Paul Poteet. So good one. So Brian, uh, we had we actually have one question in here from Harry. Uh, go ahead, Harry. Brian, quick question for you. Just before the break, you had mentioned that uh, roughly half of your uh, business was from outside the U.S. I, I'm curious, what are some of the larger countries outside the U.S. who are, you know, uh, really working at this? Well, let me let me clarify. Just uh, it's a great question. Um, I what I was saying was that half of our free trials are are non-U.S. In other words, we you know we allow um, anyone to create a, an account and try the software for 14 days for free, and they get full access to the enterprise level um, edition. Um, and that was a big bet for us to really you know allow people to come in and. Um, and use the software, and it sort of opens the kimono so they can see what the feature set is and what they want to buy. Now, when they make a purchase decision, they get ratcheted to the, uh, you know, they get set to the level of, uh, of features and functionality that they bought. But during the trial, they get exposure to the full set. Um, I'm not, you know, to be honest, I think this is just the nature of the Internet. Uh, it's easy when you're in the U.S., and you are, are in Silicon Valley or Seattle and you kind of talk to all the people around you and um, uh, you think that that's the world. Yeah. But everything we're doing, including this, this uh, interview, anyone around the planet can hear and they have pretty good um, bandwidth access and they're looking for this functionality as well. Um, what I've realized is that outside the U.S., the sophistication level in the whole space is pretty low. They're, they're, I mean, I, I can't make a general statement about every country, but, um, the, the, you know, in some spaces, the, the market is ahead of the U.S. I think in this one, the, uh, you know, the opportunity outside the U.S. is, is very large for all the vendors. Yeah. So, um, you know, so, so we're seeing that kind of happen, and we're, um, and, and so the other international element of this is we, with, a multinational or even a smaller company that has significant presence outside the U.S. And what they do typically is they have a central buying group that will evaluate an option. And then they, but the local managers have their own marketing budgets. So they operate almost like SMBs. And, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll say, in fact, like next week, we're participating in a vendor fair of a, of a multinational and they have us and five other companies. Nobody's directly competitive. They're all a little bit different. And then they have all their marketing managers from around the world come, and you know they've got a rate card, and they, those marketing managers can make a decision on which programs they want to deploy. So it's um, it's kind of like a uh, you know an agency almost uh, where the internal agency vets solutions it out to their country managers. So we've seen that in in some some instances. Um, and then I think the final part of international is w with the agency channel. So we've got a, we launched in August a um, agency partner channel, and that's actually paying off well for us. We, you know, there are a lot of companies, especially smaller ones, where they they don't um, have the internal resource to use the software effectively, and we want to make sure that they're successful. So in some cases, we refer our trials to those those partner channels. Um, in most cases, the partners are able to generate their own customers, and they find that using Optify, they can be more effective. So that's uh, that's another place where we're seeing um, some international growth. I think less on the agency side, but but it's um, as we get to larger agencies, I think you're you're going we're going to see uh, international growth also reflected in in their customer base. Yeah, and and. And all of this is obviously circles the whole field of B2B content uh, marketing and real-time marketing, as, as, as you put it. And that's that, you know, what, what we're seeing, and, you know, we work largely in the B2B field as well, is that, um, you know, I've talked about it a lot on the show that, that the sales funnel is kind of reversed and that our salespeople used to be our, our people that were out there to spread knowledge, you know, and, and find you know, prospects and educate them and everything else. But now the prospects are educating themselves online, you know, through social and through search. Is is that really the, you know, what you see is just the drastic change that's happened that is, is driving up the, the value 
you know, of a marketing automation platform is that B2B buyers are going out and looking for the information they need. And if you're not there, you know, your, your competitors will be. Yeah, I, well, it's. Uh, I think this has happened across the board. And almost every purchase decision, whether it's you buying, uh, deciding which doctor to go to or um, which hospital you want to have your surgery in, uh, or whether you're a B2B buyer and you're deciding on a new ERP system, it's, it's, the Internet has changed the buying process. Um, people are able to get much more educated, and there's a lot of misinformation out there, so you know they're, they have to know what sources to trust. But I think that fundamentally, buying decisions are made much more in advance of actually talking to anyone. Um, I know personally, if I can buy things without talking to anybody, without going to a mall, without getting um, you know sold, I'll do it. Um, it, it there are certainly, there's, I'm not downplaying the value of experts, and I think actually that's why things like this, your blog and uh, analyst firms that are trustworthy and others, are, are they remain critical to the buying process because they are a trusted source in a sea sure. of all kinds of random voices. But the most trusted sources usually are your peers or people you, um, you've worked with or um, people in a similar function. So it's, just, it's sort of obvious human behavior, I think. It's just that the Internet has now enabled it in a way that, that previously wasn't, wasn't possible. So at least the way we view sales and, I, and the way we encourage our customers and our software enabled sales is that it's kind of the, it, it is part of the education process, but we assume that when somebody gets to us, they've already taken a pretty big step of raising their hand, reading our white papers, downloading content, maybe attending a webinar, um, and that's what makes them sales ready. And especially if they actually made the decision to do a trial and set up their account, that's a big commitment of time. So, you know, so we'll, we want to use our sales team to facilitate the best trial experience possible. And the salespeople are experts on the product, they're experts on online marketing, they're much more coaches and consultants than they are outbound uh, you know, information dumped on you so you can make a decision. Well, and, they're, and uh, they're, they're, they're valuable and expensive resources that you want to use appropriately too. So, you know, having having a system that basically makes sure that you know your sales your salespeople are are talking to the right person at the right time is uh you know you, you you're wasting a lot less money right and that's another there's two i guess now pretty much truisms in that in that you know lead flow that we enable uh that i I'd, I'd highlight you know one is that um the faster you follow up on a qualified lead the higher the probability of a close so you know we uh, Salesforce.com, when they started, they had a rule, and I believe they still do, actually, that they follow up on every new account within 24 hours. So they call you, and they call you repeatedly if you've ever created an account, um, because they know that the longer it goes where they don't talk to you, uh, and especially in a trial, somebody's really raised their hand and said they're interested, um, the lower the probability that that person's going to buy. And and you can, you know, in our case, we look for particular kinds of usage and, and um, using certain features and engagement to know whether someone's qualified within their trial, but we also look at it prior to their trial. So in every business, you need to know what are the indicators that you have a qualified buyer, and then you need to filter those out so that you don't, you know, I guess the second part of it is as much as you want to follow up quickly, you also want to know what is the difference between a nurture lead and a sales-ready lead. And I've seen statistics as high as 70% of leads are not are, are really not qualified, but you have a salesperson actually trying to work them. Right. And that's a big waste of time. It's a, it'd be better in a lot of cases for those salespeople to be making cold calls than to follow up on some of the leads that come in um, when they're really uh, random and not qualified and, and haven't been um, haven't been vetted. Uh, you can get most of that now with systems like ours where where you qualify. Lead automatically. Awesome. Well, I want to. I want to. Uh, where, where I did that, we did a long, long, long uh, cut, and then we did a short one. But I'm going to run another. Our last ad. I promise I won't interrupt you again. And then when we get back, let's talk about your predictions 
regarding marketing automation and social CRM. I'm really intrigued to hear what you're seeing uh, in the world. Sounds great. Zoomerang Online Surveys and Polls is the fastest and easiest way for your business to create and send surveys online. With Zoomerang, you can create unlimited surveys and polls and send them via email, Facebook, Twitter, or embed them on your website or blog. You can view results in real time and start making better business decisions immediately. Use Zoomerang Online Surveys to get customer or employee feedback, test a business idea, plan events, and more. It's easy, fast, and best of all, free. Join over 2 million satisfied users and sign up for free at Zoomerang.com. There we go. We're back, and congratulations to our folks at Zoomerang. They were uh, they were purchased by SurveyMonkey, so we're uh, we're we're now having meetings with SurveyMonkey, and glad to see how successful their business has been. Well, that make them that's Zoomer great. Monkey. <laughs> Zoomer Monkey. <laughs> I I don't well, think. Well, my uh, back to the small world department. I uh, Dave Goldberg, who's the CEO of uh, SurveyMonkey, was a college classmate of mine. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, that that was one hell of a class. <laughs> Congratulations! Well, so, no, he's he's done he's done very well. So, uh, good for him. Yeah, that's it's fantastic to see their growth and and uh, I think I think it's just a it's another one where you know SurveyMonkey was kind of a young spunky startup that overtook the you know overtook the monster on the internet and uh, and and. It's great to it's just great to see them kind of own the market now. So it's 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 all good. So so Brian, about your 2012 predictions um, regarding marketing automation and social CRM, what do you what do you see happening next in this field? Well, there's so uh, let me just you know we published some um, predictions at the end of last year. We we were pleasantly surprised at the pickup and the amount of commenting on them and. I think it's something we're going to continue to do. It, the the intent really was to you know go beyond just our narrow scope of, of uh, sort of uh, you know marketing software area and really look at the at online marketing in, as a general trend. And, um, and and so I was very happy to hear about some of the feedback. Um, so let me let me pick a couple because we had really I think 12 that we published in in a press release and then various ones got picked up by different people. But, you know, one of them that I am uh, uh, particularly interested in is this, is this issue around what, uh, you know, all of the Groupon and Groupon clones and flash sale companies and what's happening in the, um, uh, in the economy to enable that. Um, obviously, Groupon, you know, is one of the fastest growing companies in history, and despite whatever their problems were going public, they... They are a phenomenally successful company, and then there are lots of companies like them that are smaller and not as well known, but are doing well as well, including Living Social, which eventually probably will be a public company. Um, and and my my the prediction we're making is that this is going to grow at a pace that people don't expect or realize. Uh, frankly, it's also affecting B two B, and um, and a lot of B two B marketers aren't aren't participating in it. There are actually Deal, daily deal sites sell software, and if you look at the discounts available, they're really substantial. Uh, it's the same theory. There's just uh, you know it's a good source of lead generation. So I think there are two reasons this is happening. I mean, one is that there's a supply demand imbalance in the world. The the economy of the world. Every I mean, I'm not an economist, but everybody knows that growth is slow. It's in the United States. You know, it's a rounding error to one percent. Maybe it's up to three percent, something in that area. But you know, it's not—we're not going gangbusters like an emerging market that we were a hundred years ago. And what that's leading to is just consumers are tired; they don't have the money available to spend. And meanwhile, we keep cranking out goods and we keep creating software. So, in order to reconcile supply and demand, you have this set of companies that basically serve the go-between. And nobody's going to cut their prices by fifty percent, but what they might do is offer that fifty percent off on Groupon or fifty percent off on some other uh, daily deal site. Right. And that's going to continue and inle- until the supply-demand balance gets reconciled, which is unclear when that's going to happen, if ever, um, then, uh, you know, this is going to continue and only get bigger. So that's, so that I think it's going to affect B2B, which is sort of a 
subpoint of this prediction. And uh, you're going to see more pricing pressure, more daily deal sites, more of everything. And if you're not the low-cost provider, you should try to be. Certainly that's happened in cloud computing. You know, Amazon's strategy is to continuously reduce price and offer more. That is not the strategy of almost any other vendor in enterprise computing. So, uh, you know, you got you to gotta play or you have to get used to that world. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's probably the implication for marketers is that, um, you know, don't assume you can raise prices on a regular basis just because you want to because prices are going to be under pressure in almost every segment for some time to come. Well, that's and that's, I mean, that's tough for an established company that has, you know, um, you know, employees and and structure and processes overhead overhead. You know, I mean, that's that's just absolutely disruptive. I saw, I saw. Um, I don't know if you saw the news. It looks like Kodak is going to um, claim bankruptcy. You know, and and uh, one of the you know, if anybody's old as me here, you know, one of those companies that was a powerhouse. They were the the apple of their day. Right. You know. Um, but the low-cost digital solutions just swept them past. I think they're already dead. They just don't know it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, I, I mean, it seems like that pace is is picking up faster and faster. I know when we talk to clients, honestly, Brian, when we talk to clients about marketing automation solutions, most of them are very ignorant that there's these um, high-value, low-cost opportunities out there. Um you know they're not even aware of how fast you know the 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 market has moved you know in the last couple of years you know the fact that you don't have to you know you don't have to do a hundred thousand dollar implementation you know that that all of wait a second a, a a company like Microsoft is using you know a system like Optify you know I mean you you wouldn't have heard anything like that five years ago so I yeah that's a prediction that I think is is it's it's in route right now isn't it. Yeah, well, you know, I've been in the phases of startups are cool and startups are dead about three times now. And in the 90s, everybody wanted to – I'm talking more about enterprise software, but, you know, everybody wanted to buy from you if you were a startup because they thought you had something interesting. And then in 2001, nobody wanted to talk to you because they thought they hoped you would go away. Yeah. Um, today, today it's, it's, you know, startups are, are hot again in part because – well, a lot of the players have been through it, and they're providing quality products. And the larger companies or the established players aren't innovating as fast. So the, the needs haven't changed as much as the solutions and the availability of infrastructure. So I think that's driving down prices. And I'm not saying that, you know, price. we don't sell on price. We sell on value, and then right. good vendors should. So if we don't provide value for what you're, char- would be, you're being charged, you know, you should cancel us. But on the other hand, I guess I'm just saying in a macro way, the world is continuing to produce a lot of goods at an increasingly more increasingly efficient pace, and um, the demand, on the other hand, remains lackluster. So, uh, and that just that just inherently drives down price, and these deal companies are are facilitating that. Um, I think so. Just to move on to you know another. Um, prediction that, that we could talk about is um, something a little closer to Optify's um, area, which is this interaction of social media and search. So, you know, we were, I, I will say, I think we were very early and accurate in our prediction that the search engines would increasingly incorporate social media in their algorithms, uh, We and also that um, uh, they would incorporate it into their results. And so, you know, when when I hear somebody argue that they don't need to do social media, they're just doing SEO or they're just doing PC, social media doesn't matter or they don't know if they're going to get any traffic or leads. You know, I say, well, if you're if you're interested in SEO, you need to be doing social media because Absolutely. they influence each other. Yep. And and that's only accelerating. The the search engines will claim or not claim different amounts of influence on their algorithms and it's pretty clear that uh um, the, uh, the, the Bing and Google have different algorithms and use the data differently, so there isn't one answer. But if you if you're relating to Google, there's it's pretty clear to us from the data and from looking at pages that you know pages that are liked or retweeted 
by influential people are much higher ranked than pages that are not, even with well, equivalent content. Absolutely. I mean, uh, Bing has Bing's product manager has absolutely said that they're weighing social heavier and heavier um, within their product, and uh, and you know because they have the back door to you know Facebook, um, you know there's a lot of opportunity for them to to make a move. You know, and and you're you're dead on with Google. I mean, we see it. You know, there a couple months ago with the last uh, you know large algorithm change that recency is such an issue on Google now that social, of course, is is a you know an amplifier of recency. If you publish content and it's echoed socially, um, you know that combination is going to provide you with greater visibility to the search engines, which are then going to think you're more popular and they're going to grow you. I mean, we've, we, it's funny that you say that because we, we shifted, you know, probably about six months ago, all of our business, um, from an SEO standpoint, we, we shifted all of those efforts into the amplification side, the pub, you know, public relations, um, you know, social engagement and our clients are sustaining, you know, high growth in ranking without any of the, you know, hardcore, you know, SEO, you know, backlinking research and everything else that we were doing before. Um, you know, hmm. now we're working on audience. Who, what audience do we need to get them in front of to amplify the message more? And then when we do that, we naturally see their search engine rankings, you know, going up with it. So I, you're, you're dead on with that, that one, Brian. Um, and, okay. and, and companies really need to take note of that. I think... I think Google's gonna. I think Google's done a. You know, I, I I always I love them and I hate them. You know, but but so I'm always giving them a hard time about you know how they're manipulating algorithms, and they have SEO guys you know running from one end of the ship to the other. You know, as as the wind changes, um, but it, but these recent algorithm changes really seem to be pushing relevant sites farther up, and and the the sites that we saw that were. Um, I'll just say it that we're cheating um, aren't moving. Um, so, so I I think you're you're dead on there. I think they're finally getting to some really good algorithms that are, um, you know, uh, rewarding people for good content. Yeah, it's it, and in general, it what exactly what you're saying is what our our clients and customers are doing. They, um, if you do have great content and you do have that con- and that content is shared and linked to. You get recognized, and it's. Um, I think it's it, it, it's a great algorithm update that serves the user and serves uh, Google. I think it penalized a lot of people, and they weren't happy about it. We got a lot of calls from some of those folks, but it's it's hard to fix those. Fundam- if you don't have good content and you were just cheating and playing by rules that Google didn't like, I mean, admittedly, I think it's going to be hard to recover if you just yeah. can't, if you, unless you change your strategy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, but you know, in B two B, the the things that people do to get to improve are pretty basic, and it has enormous impact. What what we find is a lot of times they are creating great content, um, they aren't, but it's not discoverable, and they are creating great content, but they're using terms that don't make sense or align with uh, what people are searching for. Um, or they aren't investing at all in, in uh, social media or using um, software to do it. So we're we're seeing some pretty high impact, low cost changes in in B two B, and that's why I'm very optimistic about the outcomes for for most of our customers. Well, and that's and that's your play in the space. I mean, that's the, you're you're like I said, you're riding the tip of that wave. So um, well well done. Um, for, we typically uh, you know we're 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 running out of time here. Um, tell people how to sign up for a free account and and where to find you online and where to follow you on Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff. Well, so our uh, our site is optify.net, O-P-T-I-F-Y.net. Uh, there's a big button on there um, about signing up for a free trial. And uh, you can read more about us if you want on the site or just create an account. We're excited to see as many of them as possible, and, and that's we primarily, you know, that's how people get an experience of what Optify is about. Um, if they, it, we also have a tremendous amount of content on the site, ranging from our blog, where we 
have expert writers about different topics related to marketing automation and, and online marketing. A uh, number of white papers and case studies and, and so if you, you know if somebody's not ready to do a trial right away, they can they can engage with us that way, and um, and we'll be happy to work with them as an expert and eventually as a software provider. That's fantastic. And and you guys put out webinars frequently and everything. I know you, I think you had one today, didn't you? Uh, did any any of those coming up soon? We have we we've had two uh, with Christine Crandall, who I mentioned is the Forbes blogger and expert marketer on the buyer's journey. That's and she did she's done that with Erez Barak, uh, co-founder at Optify. We also do frequent webinars on um, feature adoption. We have a weekly webinar on uh, getting started with Optify. So if you're in a trial, you you get a uh, you know group session and you can ask any questions about your use of the product. Um, so th those are the primary webinars that we run. But yeah, we run at least one content-oriented webinar a month. That's about Fantastic. the case we've been on. Well, well, Brian, thank you for your time today. This has been uh, educational, and, and I, I really hope that people, you know, that, that weren't even looking at these opportunities before uh, take a strong look at, at these marketing automation um, systems. And, uh, and Optipi Optify you know, definitely the, the social pieces of it. And, uh, you know, I absolutely loved seeing a demo of the landing page um, uh, solution that you guys put together. It is so simple to use and uh, and roll out landing pages with it and make sure that they're search engine optimized. Um, you know, Hello?